0: to Machinations. In this podcast, I, Oaksprout, speak with early builders in monstrously high potential networks and investors with cutting edge takes on the crypto markets. Machinations is a Mechanaut production. Mechanaut is a digital cooperative which takes high conviction bets in the networks of the future and builds high utility early products to set those networks alight. Now let's jump into the show. John from Verto are doing groundbreaking work in the world of Web3 and the RWeave ecosystem. In this episode, these talented young founders break down how RWeave works, as well as its smart contracting layer, SmartWeave, and its tokens, known as profit-sharing tokens. We discuss Verto, Nest.Land, Squad, and Atomic NFTs, all 0 to 1 innovations which I believe underpin the future of the web. Tate and John articulate their ideas and creations in a way that was educational to me and I expect will be for the casual listener and are we fanatic alike. All right, Uh, welcome to another episode of Machinations. We have Tate today. Hi, Tate.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Good. And John, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Very well. Thanks, both of you for joining. Um, so one thing I wanted to do first, obviously, both of you guys have been instrumental in the early work to sort of build out the Arweave ecosystem. But I think what would be really useful is for the audience to, to initially have a better understanding of Arweave because it's essential to, to sort of everything we're going to talk about later. So if you could, it would be great for, for you guys to run through sort of what is Arweave in your own words and how does it work?
2: Sure. So, in my own words, Arweave is like on the surface, it's like a permanent archive. So it allows you to to store any information um, immutably for as long as <laughs> as long as the PermaWeb is is available, um, and the PermaWeb is available from like a global network of of nodes that are incentivized to store this data indefinitely. Um, but below the surface, what we're really beginning to to dive into is that it can also be used as a platform for smart contracts, um, which are really, really neat because you can enable users to iterate through smart contract states like on their browsers when they load this content from the permaweb, which means that you don't need something like an Infura node to, to interact with the network. Um, which is super exciting. And it also means that it's very, very cheap uh, to interact with, like weave transactions are, are a fraction of a cent. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my explanation.
1: Yeah, and kind of going off of that, um, but like in a more technical sense, yeah, weave is a proof of access chain that basically allows you to store any type of content um, permanently and in a really cheap and efficient manner and yeah because it wouldn't be a blockchain without smart contracts well not really but anyways um what kind of differs it from other blockchains like ethereum is the fact that it's not executed on nodes it's actually executed client side which allows you to easily interact in a cheap way by literally just posting an interaction on the block the block weave and then on the client side, users can just pull that down and then really quickly iterate through the smart contract to get the latest state. Great,
0: so that's a that's a fantastic overview. Um, and so we'll probably mention it later. Uh, the, this smart contracting is called the the Smart Weave, um, and what it's led to, which I think is also something which is going to be critical for for the later conversation, is profit sharing tokens or PSTs. Maybe, maybe you guys can talk a little bit about what what those are.
2: Yeah, totally. So, so profit sharing tokens are a mechanism that that are built on top of smart weave contracts that enable developers to monetize the profit streams of of the PermaWeb applications that they're building. So, what that means is you can you can build like an email service, for example, on the PermaWeb. You deploy it to the PermaWeb; it's there forever. And then what you can do is you can tie it to a profit sharing token. So whenever someone goes to send an email, you could charge a small tip. um, And this has been done before in this exact example. You can charge a small tip to whenever someone sends an email that goes to one of these token holders. And because it's deployed to the permaweb, it's going to be there indefinitely, which means that as long as this this email service is being used, the token holders are going to be passively earning from that profit stream that it generates. Um, and then the profit sharing token, like it allows you to to transact and, and give it to other people, you know, buy it, sell it. And that's kind of where Verto comes in, um, which is <laughs> its main purpose is is transacting in these profit sharing tokens.
0: Fantastic. And obviously we're going to get into Verto in a bit. Um, I mean, weave is super exciting. I mean, it's you guys have touched on it and it's it's this um, it's this sort of uh this mechanism by which it uh, uh sort of stores content permanently which is which is so interesting and i think what's what's often not really talked about uh too much is how how it, it's really a defy innovation in itself the the fact that when you sort of request to store something on the perma web you you pay into an endowment which is sort of um paid out over the over the long term is actually really quite an amazing DeFi um f- financial innovation in itself um, great so what i wanted to talk about next was a little bit about um you guys yourselves and um wh- how did you get into to rweave developing on rweave and what do you personally find exciting about it
2: sure so i kind of <laughs> the, the the way that i got into rweave was was kind of funny um, I had, I'm, I'm pretty young, personally, like I'm 18, um, a senior in high school, I got into Arweave by archiving biology study guides and giving them out to classmates so that they couldn't be deleted. Um, <laughs> and and then that led to, um, that led to me, like, that was kind of like getting my foot in the door for Arweave's technology, and then the more I dove into it, I kind of began to discover, like, the power that it really had like it's so much so much more power than <laughs> just archiving study guides uh, but it it did that very well um, and that kind of led to nest.land which i think we'll be talking about uh, shortly yeah
0: how about yeah. you
1: john yeah me personally um i kind of went down this rabbit hole of dina which we can totally touch on when we're talking about nest.land and I was just seeing all these things about Nest.Land. I'm like, oh, this is intriguing. And so, you know, I started looking into it, found Arweave, and I'm like, wow, this is absolutely incredible because me personally, I come from an Ethereum background with interacting with smart contracts for archiving IoT data. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, this is just insane because I was used to, you know, paying a large amount of gas prices for, you know, just archiving, data in a smart contract. And I was like, wow, this is just insane. And so, you know, started working with Tate on land, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah,
0: mind blowing stuff. I'm, I'm curious, are you also a similar age, John?
1: Yeah, I personally am 15.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. I think it's, I mean, I think it's super cool. I think it's super important to, to have a sort of guys as young as you coming in because, I don't know, It's it's, it's, it's sort of cliche. And when I was younger, I heard it a lot. But the reality is that you really do sort of build up a picture of how the world works. And, um, you know, you don't, you're not as sort of burdened with that when you're younger. And so you can, I think, it's, it's an opportunity to to have a lot sort of better and more innovative ideas. So super cool. Thank you. Great. So uh, yeah, no worries. Um, so yeah, moving on into into the the actual sort of projects the sort of the meat of what you're working on. Um, it seemed to make sense to, to talk about nest.land uh, first, so, um, and and in the context of Dino. So maybe you can actually, might be worth giving a, a brief introduction to, to Dino and what Dino is at the same time.
2: Sure, totally. Um, so kind of a funny story. This is how I really got into to building applications on top of our weave. There was this, this brand new JavaScript runtime um, Comparable to Node that that recently came out this past May, and it was called Dino. Um, it was built by the creator of of Node, Ryan Dahl, um, and so naturally a lot of people were flocking to it because they're a big fan of of Node. Um, and so I naturally I I found Dino because <laughs> I'm a developer, um, and so. The the more I looked into Dino, the more it fascinated me because the way that you import code from like external places in Dino is by referencing a URL from the internet, and it's really cool because it means that you don't need like a centralized uh, code registry like what NPM is for Node. Um, it eliminated the need for that and completely decentralized the need for that, and it was really cool. I, I found a lot of interest in it. However. Um, the more I looked into it, the more I began to realize, like, people are importing this code from GitHub that that is owned by other people. Like, and, and if that code from GitHub happens to go offline or if someone changes the code, um, that's going to affect anyone that imports that code into their projects. And that's a huge problem because it means that you could just wake up one morning and have everything break from a change that you didn't even make, um, and so that's where I kind of, like, I looked at Arweave with these study guides, and then I was kind of thinking about Dino, and I was like, wow, well, what if you combine the two? You could build, like, a, a registry that, that is meant to store this code and serve this code from the permaweb um, that allows it to be, you know, there permanent and permanently and immutably so that developers don't ever have to worry about it going offline. Um, and that was how Nest.Land started. It, it started as a weekend project, but over time, it began gaining traction in the Dino community. Um, and so we we started getting a lot of contributors to the project, and I started meeting a lot of people, including John. It's, this is how John and I met. Um, and, and it was just a really, really great, fun experience um, because I began meeting all of these people that were it, it, at least it felt like they were similar to me with similar interests and we were working towards a common goal and it was just, you know, super, super exciting. Um, so that's that's kind of how Nest.Land started. Um, and John, maybe you could say a little bit about how you, you and I reached or connected.
1: Yeah, yeah. So kind of similar to how I was saying, I was going down a rabbit hole in Dino, found, stumbled upon Nest.Land and was like, wow, Dino's really cool. Rweave's really cool putting them together. Awesome. So reached out to Tate. Um, I think like my first pull request was like changing like an issue template or something. But after that, (laughs) you know, started contributing more and more to the community, um, helped out on the API, which basically interacted, uh, made it really easy to kind of take the Arweave transaction IDs and then wrap them into like a nice package name it and whatnot, so that people can easily request them and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, we just kind of started working together from there.
2: Yeah. So, Very so cool. this was right around the time, like May, June area, uh, of 2020 last year. And so right around this time, our Weave also came out with the concept of smart weave contracts and profit sharing tokens, um, And this led to to us at Nest looking at this technology and being like, wow, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could reward developers for the value that they add to the Dino ecosystem by publishing this code with profit sharing tokens. Um, And so that kind of became the goal that we had in mind. We wanted to be able to do that. Um, However, (laughs) developers are not crypto people, you know, they're not crypto savvy, they don't many of them, you know, have never worked with it before. And so if we did do it, it would need to be super slick, um, super easy to use, super easy to understand. And at the time, because the technology was so new, there was no way to exchange these profit sharing tokens for anything else. And so naturally, we were like, well, we have a a pretty substantial team here, and we all want to build this thing to, to be able to reward developers. So why don't we just spend some time building an exchange that allows you to transact not just this profit sharing token, but but any profit sharing tokens. Um, And and that's actually how Verto began, Um, started in a a random conversation with with Sam, Sam Williams. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, that's that's how Verto came to be.
0: Very cool. And so just to just to clarify there, Sam Williams is the founder of um, of our weave uh i think the sole founder is that right
2: um in my understanding yes right
0: yeah um great okay so i'd love to dive into verto more i just wanted to uh just take a moment to talk a little bit about nest.land um I'm, i'm i'm curious myself like i obviously when i saw it i was I I've looked into Dino a little bit and mm-hmm. know that it has this sort of unique import, you know, you can import from URLs, which is very interesting. And it makes a lot of sense that when you're doing that, you don't want um, links to be breaking that kind of thing. Um, great to hear that there's traction from the actual Dino community, by the way, that's, that's a great sign. Um, <laughs> Thank you. what I would, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm curious about, and maybe we'll touch on this later, but is there room for those, uh, Dino module, modules to be monetized directly through weave as in like on a sort of access basis?
2: Yes, um, interesting. I, yes, it actually could be done. And I think Luca um, from a, a project called OpenBits actually did this with uh, yeah. Node modules, um, which was really interesting. It was a, a different perspective than we came at it from. Um, but yeah, you could do the same thing with with Dino modules and have like token gated access or requiring people to to pay a certain amount to be able to import these modules. Theoretically, it would totally be possible.
0: It's very cool. It it really it really feels like something like that could could change the the economics of open source quite quite dramatically, um, and like how open source is sustained and um, sort of. Con- Continued development, so it's it's super interesting. I, I've spoken to to Luca a little bit before, and the vision of OpenBits is obviously kind of similar, but um, with a different, um, slightly different background. So, right. yeah, cool to cool to hear more about that. What one other thought there is, I, this is this is just a sort of a comment, but w- w- looking at Nestland, I've, I'm so, like quite excited about the idea of sort of back compatibility with apps and how they could potentially be um like the degree of back compatibility and the degree to sort of like uh for for users not to be sort of tied to a specific version and to um to be able to basically choose the the, the version of an app that they run with much more confidence is is something which is very exciting i don't i don't know if you've I, that it's 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 a bit tangential but i don't know if you've ever sort of thought about that yourself
2: it's certainly. Um, I have thought about it a little bit. It's it's a very hot topic in the Dino ecosystem, especially like towards the beginning of of all the registries being created, um, mm-hmm. because we were the first third party registry. Um, there were little to no standards that had been set by Dino, and so mm-hmm. we were kind of trailblazing in that sense. And so we f- we found that yes, it it <laughs> it's very very beneficial to to not have, like, implicit um, module imports for the, for the security of, of, of other code, but also just to prevent them from breaking. Um, being able to explicitly state that is immensely powerful, and it can mean that, you know, people running this code can have it run for, you know, indefinite periods of time, like years after years. Um, yeah. And it won't break.
0: <laughs> it's... It's a uh, it's quite subtle, but it's one of those things which is uh, feels like it has just enormous potential um, that that sort of that uh, element of permanence is still being massively underrated. I think anyway, totally so moving on to moving on to Verto. Um, my feeling is that Verto is sort of critical to, to setting the the we economy alight. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about what Verto currently is, what the sort of the, the, the form of it is and how users can, can currently interact with it.
2: Yeah, so I'll let John talk uh, a good bit about the infrastructure behind the scenes. But on like what users see is an interface that is somewhat resembling, resemble, sorry, an interface that somewhat resembles Uniswap. Um, the goal there was to make it super, simple and, and easy to use and easy to understand for, you know, developers, for anyone who wants to own profit sharing tokens. Um, and so the way you you interact with it is you go to Verto and you can go swap your, your R or profit sharing tokens um, and, you know, get vice versa. But we also just recently released uh, an Ethereum bridge, which will allow people to swap between Ethereum and Arweave. And also from that, they can go from Ethereum to profit-sharing tokens. Um, and that's something we're really excited about as well, because it's helping to unlock like the liquidity of Ethereum in the Arweave ecosystem. So yeah, maybe John could talk a little bit more about how Verda works under the hood. Totally.
1: Yeah. So essentially it's powered by um a decentralized network of trading posts and i guess for context i should probably tell you uh virto is an order book exchange um so yeah so essentially what happens is as tate just said when the user goes in to say sell some tokens what happens is we have a staking system which they stake in vrt which is our custom profit sharing token and basically given the amount of Stake that a specific trading post has, we randomly select um, a trading post to then in turn send that order to. On the trading post side, once that order has been received, um, the trading post will receive that order and then the trading post has an order book on, so a decentralized order book per trading post. And then it'll just wait and listen for someone to come in with an R order, an R to PST order, and then match that
0: interesting okay so maybe i can just dig in a little bit on the 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 vrt staking side so could you go into a little bit of detail about how that works when when you when you make an order um you mentioned that there was some vrt staked how, how does that work
1: ah yeah sorry um the user personally doesn't stake any virto tokens Um, the trading post right. stakes some virto tokens so that we can hold them accountable because obviously this is a decentralized system, and you're sending your funds to a random, randomly selected node, essentially. So of course, you know, we, we do have to keep them accountable. And so they do have to stake a certain amount of tokens and yeah, so not necessarily the user, but the training post has to stake some tokens.
0: I see. Okay. Interesting. Um, so on that, um i i i think i've seen a few people ask about it and i've, I've actually asked myself i'm i'm curious about the the choice of um an, an order book as opposed to an amm which you know is all the rage in in the defi scene in on ETH.
1: definitely um sorry Tate, do, do you want to go ahead or no no feel free okay yeah so um the reason why we haven't gone for an amm is because as i kind of mentioned at the very beginning um smart weave is executed client side so of course with the big amms like uniswap for example that is an ethereum uh, smart contract and mm-hmm. in ethereum smart contracts can custody funds so they can custody tokens and they can also custody ethereum or i guess wrap ethereum but anyways um, and On the SmartWeave side, we have actually figured out a way um, with Sam's help, of course, to actually allow smart contracts to custody profit-sharing tokens, or uh, essentially a smart contract custodying funds in other smart contracts. However, Mm -hmm. we have still yet to find out a way, because of course these are executed client-side, for a SmartWeave contract to hold R. And once we figure that out, it'll be super easy to create an AMM.
0: I see. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the, um, uh, that wrapping that technique. I'm confident it's on the, on the horizon, but regardless of that, it's, uh, it's, it's super cool to already interact. I've made a few purchases through Verto myself. I um, awesome. can't remember off the top of my head what I bought, but it was pretty seamless. I mean I've tried to buy some VRT, but <laughs> the, 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 the price was a little steep on the on the one I was trying to buy. So I'll, I'll have to wait and, and snipe some good uh, good trading posts, I guess. Um, anyway, right. I don't know. Do you want to jump in there?
2: Sorry. Um, I, I will just add that in you know the order book right now, you know, it's currently, as John was discussing, it's an order book. However, with the recent boom in, in NFT sales, I think an order book is actually turning out to be very fruitful for for transacting NFTs. Um mm-hmm. and this is something that we're really starting to to look into and, and focus on because behind the hood, like or sorry, behind the scenes, under the hood, um it's it's all the same mechanism at play as a as a regular profit sharing token.
0: So what is it about order books which make them sort of work well with NFTs.
2: So I think you can have the same functionality of of making bids and having sellers accept those bids on 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 a traditional order book Mm -hmm. system. Whereas with an AMM, I don't think that the process would be um, you know, anything like that, it would more so be staking staking a token for liquidity and then purchasing one and um, and not knowing what you get. Um, I, I think the process is it might still be possible to do it with an amm. however, I think it's super, super easy to do it with the existing order book infrastructure that exists on berto
0: makes a lot of sense. I gotta say I, I it's it's very interesting I hadn't hadn't thought about it I, I mean I, I haven't spent a lot of time in the nft space, but sure yeah makes it makes a lot of sense i mean i suppose if you're sort of tokenizing nfts then then amm's come into play i think but yeah given that they're single items it yeah makes a lot of sense so sure what so i mean just to jump into kind of the the state of psts profit sharing tokens for a second because they are obviously and their success is obviously pretty critical to um to the to the future of verto how do you how how are they going they're 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 still relatively young How, how do you sort of see them progressing
2: yeah um they are definitely very young it's still very early in the ecosystem however i think we're really like every single day, a new project just randomly appears in the ecosystem. And it's it's becoming increasingly more active. Um, and we're really starting to see a pickup in the amount of, you know, attention that Virto's getting um, on on social media, and also just the whole ecosystem, like I've met probably 10 new people. And it's, what, Wednesday, like starting this week, <laughs> it's the amount of people that are coming in and, and starting really incredible projects is, is phenomenal. And the existing projects are really helping out those new projects in terms of, you know, lending a helping hand where necessary. Like th- this, this ecosystem is very um, collaborative. Everyone helps everyone. And I think that it's fostered a really nice environment for people to come in and build things. So personally, I'm I'm very very um, excited about what the future holds for profit sharing tokens. Um, the model itself, like the economic model that it allows people to um, to build on top of, is immensely powerful as well.
0: I completely agree. It makes it, it makes a ton of sense, and I really sense the the amount of new sort of sort of fresh blood coming into Arweave. I mean. Apart from anything else, I, I think it's on Twitter. I, who is it? The Weaver? The Weaver mm-hmm. One does yep. those regular posts. And it's like uh, it's like a couple of times a week where it's like uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 uh, tweet threads of really interesting new stuff going on. So I uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it, like it feels like there is... It feels like there's a ton of of activity, obviously, and I'm just not sure that I can even think of another um, <laughs> ecosystem in crypto, which is, which is comparable. I mean, there was Ethereum early on. I mean, a bunch of, obviously, on top of Bitcoin, there was an incredible amount of stuff uh, going on in the early days and continues to, but not so much maybe on the development side. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely attest to that. So... One thing I wanted to ask about with regards to PSTs and is is so th- there are some there are some very big projects coming in now. So Mirror, for example, is um, I think hosted and, and 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 uses Arweave to to a degree. Um, the Kevin Bosch is releasing an NFT before very long. But what <laughs> I notice about them is that they are they're using. Rweave uh, for storage, for storage of metadata in in the case of Kevin Abosch's work, but the the tokens themselves, um, the, the 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 sort of fungible tokens themselves are, are still on Ethereum. What what uh, if 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 you were to say to to somebody who was thinking about building on Arweave and sort of trying to you know tossing up whether to to launch the actual Sort of financial token as an ERC twenty versus a PST. What would you say to them about why it makes sense to to uh, do that on Arweave rather than on Ethereum?
2: That's that's a really great question. Um, so, <laughs> for for some context, we are actually collaborating with Kevin on on launching oh, these NFTs on Ethereum and then making them also uh, like a like a voucher for an NFT on Arweave, but. <laughs> more information will come on this later, um, but yeah, Kevin Kevin's doing some really interesting stuff with, with the technology, more so than just the storage of the actual uh, artwork. Um, so yeah, I think for any developers that are on the fence between Ethereum and Arweave, John probably has a, a lot to say about this as well, but I would just say that it makes sense from a financial perspective, like... If you want to build a platform where people are are interacting frequently, it's it's not economical to, to do it on Ethereum right now. Um, Micro tipping is is an immensely powerful me- mechanism that that we are using in the profit sharing token ecosystem that Ethereum people can't seem to get without being on a layer two, um, and I think that's that's a very powerful concept. Um, but yeah, maybe John has has some more as well.
1: Yeah, so definitely um, coming from like just the pure financial point of view, especially with Ethereum, I mean, Ethereum gas has always been quite expensive, but especially nowadays since the start of the year, it's just been really crazy to mint anything or to even interact with anything on Ethereum. So speaking of it from a pure financial point of view, I can literally mint a smart week contract right now for fractions of a cent at the moment which is just really powerful. Um, But yeah, then also thinking of it from more of like a developer experience point of view, um, it's just really easy to create smart contracts because you write them in JavaScript, which obviously, if you're creating a front end for your product, which I'm guessing you are, you know, you're writing that in JavaScript. And then it's just really easy if it's just all in one language versus, you know, having to go off, you know, write it in solidity and then et cetera. Another thing is the fact that you can interact with SmartWeave directly into JavaScript because everything's in JavaScript, instead of having to go off to um, Infura or Alchemy, having to you know get your own node, connect to Ethereum, listen to events in your front end, et cetera. So I think that, I mean, to be honest, I'm a bit biased, but I do think that there are many advantages for using a PST over an ERC 20 or 721, et cetera.
0: Okay. Great stuff. I, I I think that all makes a lot of sense. And and on the final point, um, as a JavaScript developer myself, and as somebody who's worked within sort of the the Web two for a long time, it makes a ton of sense as for me as well. Um, I I think it's um, I think it's it's it it, it, it it can't be overstated. Like the the efficiency gains that you get as a as a as a development team to as a small development team in particular, to be able to, to write everything um, in one language that you're already familiar with. Um, and obviously, Solidity doesn't provide that and, um, and maybe never will, not sure. Um, so moving on slightly, um, basically, there are, there, are, there are two two final big pieces to cover. I mean, you guys are enormously prolific. And there, there are two main things. There's, there's Squad, um, and then there is the Atomic NFTs work. You guys jump in and and take take us wherever makes most sense.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I I appreciate that. So, Squad was kind of, um, kind of a weekend. It, w- it was actually a shower thought that I had. I was thinking a lot about how people are really excited about taking NFTs and making them social and allowing people to earn like proportional to the value that they create. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Squad is is basically what it is, is it's a protocol, it's a tag protocol on the Arweave uh, network where people are incentivized to create social media applications on top sorry, of Arweave. Sorry.
0: Just to oh, jump into, just to clarify on uh, a tag protocol because even myself, I'm not, I'm not sure what a tag protocol is. So just, oh. just the- <laughs> can- apologies. So sound- <laughs> sorry.
2: Okay. So basically, whenever you are uploading like a transaction to the Arweave network, you can upload data, and that's super cool. But another thing that's really cool is you can append tags to that data, which makes that data uh, queryable from from a, a node. Or um, sorry, from a gateway. So, for example, if I wanted to to upload, you know, a picture and say, "This is a picture of a dog." Later on, I could go back and search for that picture by querying for that tag of, you know, dog. <laughs> um, and so that's Squad is like an abstraction of that. So instead of you know saying, "This is a picture of a dog," "This is a picture of a cat," you're tagging content that that you upload. Um, with tags that allow other people to to find this information and sift through it in an automated way. So it's super powerful because imagine uploading like a a video to YouTube and then making an Instagram post and being able to to trace that information from the same source and, and be able to say, this person has an Instagram account. This person also has a YouTube account. Here's the content they've produced on YouTube. Here's the content that they've produced on Instagram. Um, it's kind of like creating a tree of, of all of these social media applications that could be built on top of our weave. And squad is a way to incentivize people to to go out and build those things. Because <laughs> I personally like we're very, very busy with with everything going on with Verda right now. And, and this isn't something that we have the time to to spend resources on. However, I think that there's an immense amount of potential, um, given the fact that Arweave can store these these contracts, but it can also store the data, like Instagram posts, or you know, a lot of people are very excited about using Arweave for its censorship resistance capabilities. Um, and so, Squad is a way to incentivize people to create these social media applications on top of Arweave that utilize these key features. Um, and one important aspect of, of squad is where posts are supposed to be like NFTs, where when, a, when you get a like to a given post, that's like a tip that goes to the token holders of the person that, that created that NFT. So you can think of profiles as like social tokens. So you would be like the Oak Sprout token <laughs> and people could purchase into the revenue stream that you bring if they believe in the content that you're producing if you're adding value to the ecosystem um, and they can profit from that proportionally Um, and so in this case like it the because nfts are such a hot topic right now it, it kind of just makes sense for posts to be nfts where they could be transacted you know you can buy them and sell them send them receive them um but also like the the revenues those those NFTs can bring in profit streams um, for the creators and for people that that believe in the creator's success.
0: Got it. Okay, so it's um, so you basically kind of created a protocol or a standard for people to um, to create tokens around sort of sort of social tokens um, and then social interactions as well. Exactly.
2: Um, yeah. Which is and great. So,
0: <laughs> Thank kind you. Kind of mind blowing and I got my neurons are sort of firing like crazy about all applications.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's certainly the goal. Um, what we did to to incentivize this mechanism is we airdropped um, squad tokens proportional to the amount of weave tokens that a given wallet holds. So if you have have an weave wallet and you've made a transaction in the past six months, um more than likely you also now hold squad tokens aren't ins- are and are incentivized to grow the value of that protocol
0: I do have I have checked and I've I've got a very nice stack of squad tokens thank you very much <laughs> awesome <laughs> I, I hope to deploy them to uh to to push it forward uh, before very long so that's um that's amazing that's super cool and and sort of, where, what sort of traction? Maybe you can talk a little bit about the traction it's got so far and, and where you see it going.
2: Sure. Um, so right now, we currently have, I'm aware of one platform that is actually implemented the squad protocol. And I'm aware of, a, a, I think, three others that are actually working on on integrations for it. So it's still very young, but you know it was the whole purpose of it was a big social experiment so it's really exciting to see that other people are you know taking the concept and rolling with it it's just really cool to see
0: it's it's incredibly coincidental because I I, I work um, I've been I've been doing some work in the ceramic community I don't know if you're familiar with ceramic network but it's basically a, a network of um, what they call smart documents Um which is very useful for for creating standards and for c- creating um, sort of protocols around JSON schemas. Awesome. And um, there was a, there was a lot of discussion about how you could kind of create ownership over schemas um, and and govern them and sort of incentivize their their usage and their 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 management. And it's just very very it, it's interesting because Squad is is basically doing that in in what seems like a very lightweight way um on uh, on on our weave already so it's definitely something personally i want to dig into a lot more
2: very neat yeah that that's that's a cool coincidence um i'll i'll have to look more into squat or sorry and in, into ceramic that sounds really cool
0: yeah um actually my the, the first podcast we did was uh, was with a guy who's building on ceramic so check that out if you like Awesome. <laughs> um yes, yeah, so, and and then maybe the 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 next and sort of final big piece to, to chat about is the recent work you did, John, um which which I think you guys are calling atomic NFTs, um, which basically, well, I'll let you describe it and, and talk about it because it's it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um I guess I should probably give a bit of context as to why we were even doing it in the first place. So the Virto mm-hmm. team is looking in or actually currently working on building out and Verto marketplace where, because obviously right now you go to Verto, it's very, you know, token centric, but we're focusing on in the Verto marketplace for more like a, you know, asset-based. So images, gifts, et cetera, um, Virto mm-hmm. experience. Um, so we were looking into all that. And then we were thinking about the metadata that was, that was required in these smart contracts. Like, oh, we need a name. We need a description now. We need a ticker, of course. And then like we were thinking okay well we can also just put the images inside of the smart contract themselves and you know we were all chatting um sam was there as well and then we were all like huh what happens if we can come up with a way where you can because right now what happens is in order to define a smart weave contract you had to pass in the initial state to the contract inside the data of the transaction so we were like okay well what happens if we remove that and then instead put the initial state into the tag which then in turn frees up that transaction data to be whatever you want and we're like wow that basically means that you can like literally upload any piece of data to Arweave permanently and at the same time have a pst nft psc behind it which was like really fascinating
0: really really fascinating um because the you know that's if you compare it to Ethereum, it's it's really not not comparable in terms of the the ease, but also the sort of the the potential of it. Um, well, so to sort of flesh it out, maybe a little bit further, what 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 do you see as some of the 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 sort of the use cases or the applications or, or what 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 sort of what can you imagine coming out of this, which is exciting?
1: Well, yeah, totally. We've already started to integrate it into the virtual marketplace. So obviously uh, in the future, you'll be able to literally just drag and drop your assets. And then we will literally just create an atomic NFT based off of that. Um, That's really cool. Also over the weekend, I've been helping out the founder of Decent.land convert um, posts there, made there into NFTs where you can then in turn sell those as well, because that's kind of, you know, a big thing in Ethereum where like you can mint, you know, Twitter posts and then sell those as NFTs. So a very similar process for mm-hmm. Arweave. Um I know that the founder of Evermore Data is trying to do something similar where, um, when you, uh, sorry, just for context, Evermore um, like R drive is basically like the Dropbox for Arweave. Mm-hmm. And so, once you upload your files there, you could potentially just like right click on the file and they and then say mint NFT, and that would just be super cool.
0: It's yeah, it's it's so cool. It 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 feels. You touched on a couple of examples in Ethereum world, which are like which are very popular, but they just they don't feel like they sort of naturally fit in the same way as they do on Arweave. So stuff like you know NFTizing social media posts or or. And, and, and you can kind of extend that to, to any sort of content, an, an image. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels extremely natural for the, for the Arweave ecosystem to be doing this, and, and it's therefore very, very exciting. It ties into something um, which has been discussed in context of Arweave quite a lot, which is the, the ownership economy. Um, I think Jesse Walden is the, the, the creator of it. Um, and he, he basically says in it that on, on the internet today, and I would argue, and maybe he argues this as well, but I, I think it extends much further than, than the internet, where people basically don't have as much of a sense of sort of ownership and, and, and involvement um, as they have in the past. And that's probably largely because. Um, you know, you, you can't, you don't really own anything that you create on Twitter. For example, you, the, the post isn't yours that you make the, the, the blog that you make on medium isn't yours. And people have that sort of innate awareness. Um, and that seems and in the work that you're doing and, and with the structure and sort of the, the, yeah, the infrastructure of our weave itself to be something which is, um, Potentially being being resolved, and that's that's very exciting. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Um, Arweave has a huge potential um, in in being able to help people build platforms that accomplish this this perfect ownership economy. Um, when I created Squad, I actually had the idea of of. Jesse's ownership economy concept in mind because I you know it, it makes perfect sense. People should be rewarded proportional to the value that they generate. They should own all the content that they put out there. There's no reason for it to be owned by um, other companies that that can do whatever they want with it. Um, yeah, I, it's it's an immensely powerful thesis, and I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of these. Platforms emerge uh, on our weave over time.
0: For sure. Um, last thing I uh, wanted to touch on before um, before before we say goodbye is the the interplay with a, a, a platform called Koi. Um, the I, I, and I and I wanted to ask about this because Sam Williams, in his introductory uh, Twitter post about your your work. On, which you just described to to sort of um sort of uh tokenize anything make it easy to tokenize anything uh, atomic nfts as you call it um could eventually be have a have a very interesting interplay with koi i wonder if you guys could just i know it's not not your project but it, it seems to relate quite closely to to what you're working on i wonder if you could just briefly introduce uh, introduce koi and and uh, give an idea of how it might work with with the, the the work you're doing.
2: John, you want to go for that one?
1: <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm pretty sure given the fact that you've talked to Al more, you know a little bit more about Koi, so you do it more justice. Okay,
2: all right. Um, sure, well, I, I think Koi is a really interesting platform that's that's coming into the RWE ecosystem um, and and really blossoming. It's basically an, a, a platform where you can monetize the attention of of any given permaweb piece of content. Um, and I think that it's immensely powerful because it allows you to, for, for nest.land, for example, for for what people are importing into their code as, as Dino modules, we could implement Koi into that where the more popular the module, the more tokens that, that module is rewarded over time. And so people are incentivized to go you know, they, they want ownership of the most popular modules on, on Dino, or sorry, on nest.land. Um, we're also collaborating with Koi on doing something similar for the, the, this marketplace that John hinted on, where the most attractive pieces of art that, that people are viewing the most often are going to be passively earning these Koi tokens as a sort of like attention awareness award. Um, and so it's, it's a really neat mechanism that, that incentivizes people to, to want ownership of a given piece of content because of the, the amount of, of eyes that it's seen by.
0: Incredibly interesting. Um, it's, it feels, yeah, it, I mean, it, it almost feels like the attention is something which is entirely misvalued in in the web2 world at the moment i think and it, it, it totally. kind of feels like an antidote to that like um, to to sort of explicitly value attention um i don't know it's, it's something that is something that we kind of seen hinted at with brave and bat but not not well executed on but with koi for the first time it feels like it you know we we might be at something which which really makes sense um, and yeah, I mean, I can, I can see it being sort of the, the measure of, a of a, a piece of content's value, um, which obviously plays in very closely to, to what you guys are doing at Verto. So very excited. I mean, maybe the answer is I got to get Al Morris on here as well to talk a little bit more about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that would be a really interesting, uh, conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, um. I want to say thanks very much for, for joining me. Um, people are definitely going to want to know more about uh, Verto, all the projects that you've talked about and, and yourselves. Where would you suggest that they go?
2: So you can definitely uh, I think the easiest way to get access to all of that information is by joining our Discord, which is on uh, you can find it on Verto exchange slash chat. If you just go there, it'll redirect to the Discord invite. Um, and that'll get you in the Virto community where you can talk to John and I, you can ask any questions that you'd like. Uh, and you can also explore more about uh, uh, Virto and everything going on in in that small sphere.
0: Great. Well, um, thank you both again for for joining. Um, I think the, uh, the, the listeners are really going to enjoy this one. Um it's it's fascinating, all the stuff you're working on, uh very important work as well, I believe. And um yeah. Great to well, see, great to join. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much for you.
2: the opportunity. Yeah, this has been phenomenal.
0: Thanks for your attention. If you'd like to learn more about Mechanaut, please follow us at Mechanaut underscore XYZ or follow me at Tanned Oaksprout on Twitter. I have an award-winning tan and once I've made it, I will build a world-class tanning salon available only to the crypto elite.
1: Thank you and cheerio!